Say now, say now. You're tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I am your host, Devon Pouncey. We are here at the Momentum Studios. Myself, Spencer Shea, mm-hmm. 2023. We've arrived. Yeah, we're here. I'm in 2024 already, but no, it's no. <laughs> <laughs> here you go. I'm just Man, enjoy making it to a new year. Enjoy, a enjoy making it through the last year. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can yeah. sit back, reflect a little bit, enjoy that. Hey, man, we made mm-hmm. it through 2022. That's... That's big, but I hear I hear you though. Always looking ahead, always thinking into the future. Yeah, yeah. The only thing that any one of us is batting a thousand on is surviving yesterday. It's surviving yesterday. That's it. That's it. That's hey, a good hey. thing to be batting a thousand on. Absolutely, bro. absolutely. It's a blessing for sure. Happy New Year to everybody. We're back. We're one episode away from two hundred. That's a win share. Oh yeah. I'll be DJing this weekend. January 6th and the 7th, Friday and Saturday nights at Export Rooftop Bar and Lounge. That's a win share. New Year's Eve, the New Year's Eve event that I threw at Export Bar and Lounge was an absolute hit. That's a win share. And that's all the win shares I got. Basketball season is in full effect. Absolutely. We're going to be on the call at Pacific University. That's a win share. Yeah, yeah. This weekend we won't though. This weekend they're they're out of town. Yeah, I'm sorry. actually I don't have any broadcasts this weekend, which is probably the last time it's that's going to happen for the remainder of this season. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I uh, it's about to be good. Yeah, time, Portland man. State is playing on the road this weekend. Pacific is on the road this weekend, which obviously also means that next weekend, every day Thursday through Saturday, I'm on the call. I'll be yeah. at Portland State Thursday and Saturday, and I'll be at Pacific on Friday night. So. We'll definitely have plenty more basketball action. Tune in, man. In that regard, tune in on ESPN Plus for PSU, goboxers.com for Pacific. At Pacific, you can hear me and this guy right here on the call, man. Yeah. It's like watching basketball and listening to Wake Up and Win at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Like, we have people that actually come to those games that are, like, in the stands that turn on the broadcast, and they're live at the game, and they'll put their headphones in and listen to us on the call as they're actually sitting there watching the yeah. game live. I'm I'm going to get – I got some good ones in the tuck that I'm about to be getting off in conference play. Yeah, I got yeah, some conference play is for I real, got man. Some good, I got some good stuff coming down the pipeline. I love conference play, too. It's, yeah, it's my favorite it's part of the season. Like, March Madness Tune is March Madness, obviously, but, like – as a competitor and just as somebody who obviously is around the game as often as as I am, there's nothing like conference play just because every game matters for a significant amount of time. Again, you got March Madness, the month of March. We know every game matters, obviously, at that time as well, and we know the stakes of it being single elimination in both conference and NCAA tournaments. But at the same time, it's like conference play is when you really get to find out who the dogs are. Sometimes you don't find that out in the tournament. Sometimes you do, but sometimes it's just matchups are off. Again, game planning and scheming was off, and it's just a team gets away with a dub. But conference play, you find out who the real is because everybody knows your schemes night in and night out. Everybody knows what you're about. Your coach has probably been coaching there for a lot of years. A lot of these coaches tend to get fixated in whatever it is that they do and whatever system they run. And the point is for you, the for you, the athlete, to buy in rather than them to maybe switch it up from year to year. And that's how they recruit and the whole nine yards. Like we can get into all that, but yeah, I love conference play, man. It's an exciting time. And you just never know what's going to happen during conference play either. So I'm looking forward to it. Me too. Looking forward to it. Now, let's jump straight into some content. 
we'll start with Demar Hamlin. And we're recording this on Thursday, January fifth. So we'll actually do sort of a reverse mm-hmm. timeline because news did come out today that Demar Hamlin did wake up. Um, he still has a breathing tube, but his head is okay. He doesn't have any brain damage, if you will. Um, so he's good in that regard. Obviously, a huge credit to that just goes to the fact that there was medical staff and personnel that were on the field, arguably the best place other than the hospital that he could have kind of gone into cardiac arrest because there were so many medics and obviously trainers, so on and so forth, that were CPR trained, able to get right to him on the field and and do CPR on him even on his way into the ambulance. But he woke up. They said that obviously with the tube, he can't speak, but he is writing. And they said when he woke up, he he wrote, what an, <laughs> did we win, right. basically. And I'm paraphrasing. And the doctors responded from what I, some from reports that I've seen, the doctors responded, yeah, you did win. You won the game of life. And Exactly. It's like, bro, yeah. out of anyone that won today, you're probably the, you're the only winner. one. You're the winner. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? And obviously, we're very grateful to hear that. To, to Obviously, he's still critically ill. He still has a breathing tube. He's still in critical condition, and he's got to be monitored. He's got to be watched. And it's going to take some time for him to bounce back to hopefully what he was prior to that Injury taking place. Yeah, I mean, they said that. Well, the doctor's best case scenario that he's going to be back to before the accident. Well, yeah, obviously. That's yeah, the best case you know scenario. what I mean? That's best case scenario, and that's the, that's the case that we want to see. Um, but to obviously know that it could have been – we could have been mourning a guy right now. We could have sure. been mourning DeMar Hamlin in particular right now and having real questions. And we do still have real questions about the game, around the sport, around how things were handled, and even how some of you, especially people in the media, are reacting to it. But to know he's alive, to know that you know he, he, he's, yeah. he's got the cognitive ability to be aware of himself being alive, to be able to write and ask questions – when we got to see him in the middle of a field in an unresponsive state, that is an absolute blessing. I am, I'm ecstatic about that because Tuesday was hard, man. Was that, that was no Monday, excuse me. It was Monday night football. Monday was hard. Monday was tough. And I wasn't watching the game live in particular. Now going back to the actual incident, I wasn't watching the game live. Um, I think I was, I was actually, I know I was actually watching Donovan Mitchell Go for 70. I was watching that. I was watching basketball and decided not to turn on Monday Night Football, although it was a really big game. I just didn't get to it. Um, But I was following it because we'll get to this a little later, too. I'm a fantasy champion, baby. But that doesn't matter right now. I'm following a little bit, and T. Higgins actually was on my roster. (laughs) So, you know, it's one of those situations where, like, my last player on my roster to play, even though I had the victory secured essentially already, regardless of what T. Higgins did out there, but he was on my roster still. So for that to happen was just kind of crazy. But you see the hit, and for me, I instantly start getting hit up by a bunch of people, and so I hop on the stream and go check it out. And I watched about an hour of a broadcast where the NFL was trying to decide and determine whether a game was going to be played. Yeah. It's a crazy thing to watch like that takeoff for a show, try to sustain a broadcast where you, you know what I mean? Doing true live television like that. It's a different, different type of beast. And that situation is 
the worst case scenario to be able to pull that off. Yes, absolutely. So. I mean, I mean, huge shout out to the crew over there. You had Adam Schefter, you had Booger McFarland, you had Lisa Salters on the sideline. Like it was yeah. a great crew yeah. that sustained that hour. And again, it was like in the moment, everybody thinks he's gone. Essentially, like it looks like we just might have saw him die again. I more so credit the fact that he's alive to where the incident took place because cardiac arrest anywhere else, all it takes is a few minutes to not be able to breathe on your own. The the cognitive ability he has right now is gone and then you're brain dead essentially and then you're really screwed. But the fact that he was on the field and he was able to get, you know, folks out to him immediately. Ooh, that's, yeah. You know, <laughs> it, it, like even if I mean, even considering the fact that getting him on the ambulance, they it was delayed because they had to give him CPR. Well, yeah, people are criticizing the optics of that too. But I mean, here's the thing, bro: you don't see events like that in a stadium with tens of thousands of no. people. No, <laughs> you know, which was saying? why it would have been absolutely so, crazy. Of course, the it, optics are gonna look weird. Yes, for sure, and and, and of course, You're it does make the optics television. look a little bit more weird that it took an hour to finally determine that that game was no longer going to be played. Well, that's what I'm because saying. Because like, that did happen in front of tens of thousands of people. The fact that it happened, it, <laughs> it was a freak incident. It was yeah. a freak accident. That part again, how people react, I, I, I won't judge about that. But the fact that it took the uh, an hour. For the NFL to finally say, yo, we're going to call the game here. Right. To me, that was a little bit too long, knowing what not only these players just witnessed first and foremost, boy, can we get into black trauma there, but also what thousands upon thousands of fans are witnessing right here live. And better yet, even the media and just anybody else who was there in attendance is like, that game should have been called pretty much immediately. I know you want to find out maybe what an update is on him and exactly what kind of injury he was dealing with, but, like, we saw what we saw. We knew what we knew. And once it got to the point of there being a delay to get him in the ambulance because CPR was being done on him, to me, and, again, we don't hardly ever see CPR in football in particular, to me, it should have been a no-brainer. At that point, this is getting called. Cut the cord. At that point, this is getting called. Well, you know, a lot of people have said, oh, well, the machinery works. I mean, again, it's in a stadium where they do football games with tens of thousands of people. The logistics alone are nightmarish. Yeah. The fact that they put on that. Anyway, so, I, you know, I, I can understand the quote-unquote benefit of the doubt that you may give to, oh, well, the machine just kind of kept going. Next man up, sort of, you know, this is what these guys have been doing their entire lives. This yeah. is what they do. So it could have taken a while until, you know, everything got whatever. But it's like, all right, then that's what you need to start looking at. Then if if it's not, a, a, you know, by the book or like a general consensus that, oh, the paddles are coming out, it, the game is over. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, I, that's sort of a morbid sort of way of of trying to, you know what I'm saying? Like bookmark it. But it, my thing is like, you know. Like you have to change. You're not going to be able to change people's culture. You're not going to be able to change the culture around the game, mm-hmm. but you can use culture and sentiment, I think, to dictate the way that it's played. And also, and also mm-hmm. like there are already like 
there shouldn't, how do I say this? Cause I'm getting off topic in my own head here. But the point is, is that that should be where people start is I, that we should all just, okay, then that's what needs to be done. I like this. I like the culture piece that you said. I'm a piggyback off of that because right. one thing that I thought was great. And one thing where we, again, we could speak all the bad things about social media that exist and they do indeed exist. But we also, I think, really saw the power of social media at play right. as well that's during what, that hour. That's what people think. So during that hour, be the yeah, that, that, that social push that was made on social media during that hour from everybody, <laughs> absolutely, not just the football world, the, the world. Because everybody's eyes got glued to that situation because of obviously how extensive the situation was. But to have that social push, because again, going back to the fact that it took an hour for the game to be played, in my brain, my theory is, had there not been that social push primarily on social media... That game would have continued. No, for sure. Because and of how long it took for them to even call it. That's what they do, though. And yeah. so, but this is what I'm saying. Like, if that's the way that everyone's thinking, and a lot of people have mentioned it, they're like, well, you know, some, we're, we're not all wired that same way. Some people will just put their job first or whatever and be like, well, this is the machine. We have to play the game. If yeah. man up, if the dude broke his leg, it'd still be tragic, but we're going to play, whatever. But it's like, nah, but that needs to change. That's what you need to like just uh, take out of the book and be like, no, yeah. if, it, if it goes down like that, yeah. just pull the plug. Just pull bro. the plug. Call it. Grab the ushers. Start getting people out of the stadium. Bye. Because I truly and, believe, yeah, I truly believe that. Had that social push not happened on social, because everybody is seeing it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like They would have continued to play the game. And so that's where I think one of the powers of social media is. Right. Because, again, if we were in an era where we didn't have social media – I think there's a high chance that that game would have continued. They would have waited it out as long as they waited it out or maybe less than that because usually it's like a five-minute break to determine right. if a game is going to continue or not. The fact that it took an hour tells me that there was a push from there was a push socially. They probably heard that if they played that game, the ACL U was coming down the pike. The NCAA P was uh, the the uh, the NAACP excuse me was coming down the pike. Yeah, they're gonna get sued like, by everybody. <laughs> like I mean, that's just what's gonna happen. Like that black trauma being exposed to the ma- being exposed to the masses, and you wanting to just put it aside for a game of football. Out. Good luck. Yeah. So, so to me, I, I am grateful that we had social media in that particular moment because the fact that it took them so long to decide whether the game was going to be called or not, and so many of us on social media already made that decision for ourselves, and we put it out there publicly to call the game. Yeah, and, I truly believe if that doesn't happen, football would have continued to be played. And don't try to push the and don't try to use that instance and like the integrity of the game because everyone's going, well, what are you going to do about the game? You're going to reschedule it? It's like just call it a tie. Ooh, just skip call- Bayless. I mean, I, uh, there I, <laughs> there are other people that have said, <laughs> yeah for sure. <laughs> Taking L's is at the end of the segment. Hey, so. you can take it there now if you want. I don't care. Look, I want to get to my. The thing is, is damn, I lost my point, man. All right. Well, at any rate, you know. Uh, the integrity of the game. You were saying something to the oh, extent. Oh, I'm called a tie. Yeah, I'm yeah, 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 yeah. Right. And everyone's right. like, "Well, what's gonna? You can't just call." We we seceded that argument years ago. There's ties in football, and it makes no sense. In fact, that that's the most useful that a tie could be used for anyway. Is if it's like, "Dang, we can't play this game anymore. Let's just call it a tie and move on." Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? This game, you have to show, you know, symbolism. If you're the NFL, that like. 
you care about what you're doing in a real tangible way. Yeah. That it's like, yo, if somebody gets seriously injured, forget this game, bro. Forget it. Let's go home and hug yeah. our loved ones. Yeah. For you know sure. What I'm saying? For sure. Because of what they because now again, just think about all the trauma of obviously his family, first and foremost, his bodily trauma he had to endure, the trauma that we saw the players endure via a broadcast, the trauma we saw media endure, but just think about the trauma of those players' families had they known that happened to DeMar Hamlin and their loved one went right back on the field to put themselves at risk to have the same thing essentially happen to them. And, and obviously, you know, I, I will go out and say that this was a freakish incident. You know, like it's not something that we see regularly. Like I'll acknowledge that I've I have been around a lot of sports in my life. A whole hell, all I know is sports. I mean, from start to now, like sports, 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 sports. What, what did Lil Wayne say on the on the uh, Sports Center? Sports, 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 sports. Remember the Sports Center song? <laughs> yeah, it was a banger. Wayne's one of my all time favorite rappers. But anywho, like I've heard of, I could probably count on one hand of incidents that I've heard of cardiac arrest happening on a court or on a field. But again, as much as sports I've been around directly, there's one person mm. that I know personally that I know personally that went into cardiac arrest while on the basketball court. It wasn't the football field, but it was on the basketball court. And again, it was like the best case scenario for him was his coach. I forget. This was about 10 years ago. I forget if he was a police officer or a, a fireman, but he was a, a medic, if you will. He was CPR trained for sure. And he had to, like, do CPR on his own player. So imagine, like, your day job being a, a, a first responder, if you will, and one of your players goes into cardiac arrest because when you're not first responding, you're a high school varsity basketball coach. And so that helped to save his life in that particular moment, which is kind of why I said, like, the best place it could have happened was a football field, an NFL field especially, because that was high school. He was kind of lucky even at his – Coach that, was a first instance, responder. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because who knows? But it's like an NFL game with all the trainers and all the medics that we got around here, you know they're going to be able to get to him instantaneously almost. And again, uh, you know, I think that's what practically saved his life. But I do still think like it was a rarity to Crazy, see something bro. like that take place. <laughs> but because it was so rare is the exact reason why you call the game and nobody's going to be mad at you about it. Yeah, well, that's what I was saying. I was trying to say, at least. Uh, people are trying to put, you know, they try to use that the instance to push a little bit more of their narrative. And it's like, just can that crap, dude. Yeah. Just call it a tie. Let's yeah. move on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And See. actually do something real about changing the way that the game is, I mean, I hate to use this word, but policed. You know what I'm saying? In, mm -hmm. in, in a way. Because it's just like, it's. You can't just sweep under the rug and be like, well, different strokes for different strokes, different folks, folks the way right. the people your job is this game. Yeah. And if and if you know, ulti if you're changing your your classification to entertainment or whatever, you know, that goofy stuff that people be saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the entertainment aspect of it, trying to please your fans, it's like everybody out here is like, we don't want to see that. No, not at all. Not at all. And it's even like, man, I, I was just, again just going back to like Black trauma, if you will, man, it just it was triggering to see him collapse in that way. You know, obviously, we know how much black death gets exposed. And this was 
I mean, it wasn't violence that ensued, but it's a sport that gets considered violent quite often. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, I, I think of, you know, when Takeoff passed away and Gilly had that super viral clip about, you know, people posting him in those final moments, if you will. Obviously, we can get into police brutality and us seeing the final moments of, of, of black bodies being treated brutally. And again, obviously, nobody, nothing dirty ensued. Prayers for T. Higgins, because that's a lot for him to have to endure as well. Because we know that he hasn't even left the hospital. We know there was no malintent there. You know what I'm saying? Like it was, he was just playing a game of football. He did absolutely nothing dirty. So uh, there's been some commentators out there that have tried to call what T. Higgins did a dirty play too. And no. fuck out of here. But yeah, like he's playing football, man. But like it's still a pretty brutal sport and a sport that has been considered a violent one for a long time. So it's like, to me, that was no different for me personally. It might look different for somebody on the outside in. It's like, oh, it's football and violence. It's two completely different things. But for me, it's black trauma. And we have to see black bodies laid out on the biggest, to the masses, for the masses, far too often. And so it's like, I, I felt no different from that than I felt from police brutality or how I felt from somebody being being gunned down because of whatever violence mm. occurred. You know what I'm saying? So for me, it triggered me in a very similar way. And I think that's something that, that again, that's why I think had they continued playing that game, it would have been the ACLUs and the NAACPs and everybody else, me included, that would have been sitting here trashing the NFL and because – Again, it's socially, like, you don't even consider something like that. Like, that, that's that's pretty foul in that regard. So I'm glad the game never continued. But, yeah, that, that black trauma was for real. But, again, glad to hear that the trajectory seems upward. Obviously, we're still praying for him. We're still wishing him well, his loved ones, ones well, his teammates well, you know, everybody well who was impacted in one form or another. Even, again, me speaking to black trauma, I'm wishing everybody well that that – witness that whether it be live or whether it be via social media or watching a tv broadcast whatever the case may be Um, but but primarily him yeah we'll see how it goes this weekend um but primarily him obviously is is good to hear that he's improving but he is still in critical condition he is still critically ill and we are wishing him absolutely full recovery We're, we're wishing him absolutely full recovery hard pivot skirt we got to watch some high school basketball over the holidays. And yeah. I'll be honest I've with you. a lot of high school basketball this last like week and a half. And I'll be <laughs> honest with you. It was pretty dope. Oh, yeah. It was dope, man. Seriously? Juju Watkins, I just want to say right off, right off the top, <laughs> she's the best high school basketball player. Probably, I mean, geez. I haven't seen too many like really great men's basketball player, like, but just... She's yeah, out of there. I've man. seen some dudes, but I she's, will say she is out of the atmosphere. Yeah, my for sure. I will say for girls, I have never seen a girls' no. high school basketball no. player live and in person. I'm talking about 
as Juju Watkins. I'm not sitting here saying she's this the greatest inf- girls basketball look, player of all look, time. This is an inflammatory me, ass take, but she could be the, the best high school girls basketball player since like Cheryl Miller. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know that that's crazy, but she's really that good. She's so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, she, I mean, obviously she's going to USC, so that's super dope. So she's following Cheryl Miller's footsteps in that regard. Um, but, but even more so, man, like it, it was super dope because I've been hearing about Juju Watkins since she was about a freshman in high school. My cousin Simba, who's been on this podcast plenty of times, killing it in the rap game. Um, you know, he lives in LA. She's from LA and Hmm. her people are in the music industry as well. And Kaz, shout out to my guy Kaz, who's her folks is who basically like, was pivotal in getting Simba a deal with Atlantic Records. Mm. So Kaz and Simba are obviously really close. Simba's my cousin. I go out there. I see Simba. I see Kaz every time I go out there. So in turn, Kaz and I have built a relationship, you know, over the years through the tightness of his relationship to Simba and obviously my familial relationship to Simba. So we all family. We folks. Like she, even when I got to talk to her and I went up to him, meet her, to meet her, you know, I told her, like, man, I just wanted to let you know I've been hearing about you for years because, you know, Kaz is my folks, Simba is my cousin. And so she was happy to hear that. And she's like, oh, Simba's your cousin? Like, that's fam. You know what I'm saying? So it's like the connection was there. So I've been hearing about her for a while through Kaz and through Simba. And obviously I've seen highlights and stuff of her, but we had a, a great opportunity to be yeah. able to witness her come down and play in a high school girls and, basketball tournament here in Portland. And look it. And so I, I had to go see her. I, 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 checked <laughs> I out. had to. Yeah. I, and I want to say this too beforehand. Well, I checked out both, you know, a couple of the gyms going with the holiday classic. That was the tournament. And I saw a lot of good high school basketball players Yeah, all over the place that I was like, wow, this, you know, this area is in really, really good shape. Yes. Up and coming shape. Particularly for, I mean, you would say particularly for women's basketball, you know, at the high school and the and the college levels. But I'll, you know, I also checked out the, uh, the Westland, Les, Les Schwab Invitational, Les Schwab Invitational. Yeah, yeah. So See, I was, in and the I didn't with that. get Shout to check D Boy. I didn't get to check that out because I gave you and D Boy the tickets. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you know, we took them. Y'all took them and, and ran you know with them. Took them. Y'all took them and ran with them for we sure. But I, I, I was there. able because it was sold out, man. And oh, I'm like, man. I was, I was never like pursuing tickets because I knew I wasn't going to be able to go because right. I was booked. So I'm like, damn, I, I obviously really want to go. And so uh, that morning, it was that morning that day, somehow my brother, D-Boy, shout out to D-Boy, he hits me up and he's like, you the only person I know that could find, because he actually got a Bronny jersey for Christmas. So he got the yeah, Bronny nice. jersey. I, I ran into Yeah, I saw him earlier that morning. I was in Portland. I ran into him earlier that morning. He like he's wearing the Bronny jersey. We just going out to eat like lunch or something. You know what I'm saying? And he's rocking his Bronny jersey already. He's like, man, you the only one that I know. If if there's anybody that could make a way to find some tickets, it's you. A few hours later, I was able to make it happen. <laughs> and, but I was a little yeah. jealous. I, I wanted to hold oh, on to him, man. Because because obviously, you know, the night before, the night before that, because that was championship night of the tournament. Shout out to West Lynn. Oh my goodness! Yeah, they put on West Lynn put on well, an absolute show. Now, t- went in the Les Schwab Invitational, and I let you say your piece because you were actually there. So I'll be quick with mine. Right. But I watched the game because we broadcasted the night before a Pacific Women's game. So. The game, the Pacific women's game was at like six or in the 
Westland versus Sierra Canyon, which is Brownie School, obviously, was at like eight. So I wasn't yeah, making was it between. Yeah, so I wasn't making it between no. a broadcast and then going to that game. But I did pay twenty dollars to watch the broadcast of that game, mm. and so I got to see Westland. Give it to Sierra Canyon. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I got to watch that game, and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Like, I've heard about these dudes, but, like, I've never watched them. Like, I've never seen Jackson play. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've never right. seen these dudes play before. I've heard about them. Shout out another friend of the show, Casey Trujeke. Casey. Oh, yeah. Shout out Casey Casey Trujeke. trained Peyton Pritchard, right. coached at Westland. Casey also trained Jackson. So I've been hearing about Jackson for years through Casey, but I never got to see it for myself. And I tuned into that broadcast, and my goodness, Westland basketball. Yeah. Well, look, here's the thing. problem. Here's the thing. They're a good program. They're they're programmed up pretty good, and they have a star. So in high school, when you have, like, a a talent like that that could could potentially go to the league, obviously you're going to be able to, you know, win out in a lot of these situations. But firstly, like – I mean, Sierra Canyon has three NBA legends' sons on the team. Yeah. So seeing that was very surreal. Right. Right off the right, bat. Right, 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 right. And, um, and so, so, so those games had a different little bit of atmosphere to them because it was like a spectacle. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so that was, you know, they went, they ended up placing third. They beat, uh, forget, I forget the team name, but they got this shooter, Mobley Jr. or something, Mosley Jr. or something. Mosley is f- for West Lynn. Adrian Mosley. No, yeah, I'm thinking it's something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Adrian Mosley. That's that's the other star. Yeah, that kid was other nice. than Jackson he, Shell status. Adrian like, Mosley is like, a problem. He's got, dude, he's got like all of the he's got so much of the bag, he's just gotta cinch it up. And yeah, when yeah, 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 up, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Be he's an issue. Sick. <laughs> he's an issue. Look, they they took it to him, but but this is really what it was, because Duncanville is a better basketball team all around. But yeah. they just got and I didn't watch that game. Shook. I was DJing. They were shook up because the atmosphere in there, bro, yeah, and the vibe in there was so crazy that I think that a lot of those teams were like, they're, they don't expect that they're walking in to Oregon to, to Oregon to feel uh, that type feel of that vibration type of, in there. And, and, you, me and, and me and your brother were sitting there going, oh, wow, like this is like at the level of all over the country. Type high school. You know what? It's crazy that you say that because I only the only high school game I went to was Juju Watkins game against Jefferson. No, I'm about to tell you, Zach Randolph was there, and the community was there. It was more Portland community folks because they were playing. She was playing against Jefferson, right? And so for me, what was such a treat because my career trajectory has been pretty weird in the media space. Obviously I played high school basketball. Then from playing high school basketball, I'm playing college ball where I can kind of follow, but I don't really got time to like be all the way tapped in with what's going on at the high school level, because I'm a student athlete myself Mm. at the collegiate level. And then after that, most people, especially that's in a top 25 market that gets to a top 25 market. Most people at some point, cover high school sports on their journey to being able to get to a major market where you do have primarily professional and collegiate sports. Where for me, I was a rarity because I got my start in the top 25 market and I've never had to cover high school ball. So I just 
personally haven't really been invested in high school ball enough to go to those games. I've even been fortunate from not just covering sports at the collegiate level and, and and writing about it and having a radio show and all of these things and a pro level, obviously, of course, as well. But like even as a even as a play-by-play broadcaster and an analyst, usually you start off broadcasting at the high school level. So you have a more intimate con- connection with it, even when you do get promoted to college to and the, pros and so on and so forth. the market you're in from a more, like, shall we say, grassroots level. Yeah, and, and, but I'm just saying even just yeah. the journey of what I do no, as yeah, a career sure, now sure, as well. Sure. It's like no, I'm, yeah, usually, like, usually like I got my start in college basketball right. as, a, as a broadcaster. Usually we, you start smaller and then you well, you go up you know see, what i'm saying I, yeah, so, we'll see, I'm so the, i haven't been a part of the high school basketball community like really the, at all and in, in oregon it was in oregon for sure right. yeah and, and i've been here i've been in oregon damn near 10 years now so it's like i haven't been a part of it at all and like the community feel like college obviously has a community in itself, but you're dealing with a community of people that have a connection to the university and not the location more. So, cause a lot of these people grew up here, there and everywhere. And they either are playing or coming yeah. from different States to play for said university. They're an alum at said, said university and grew up somewhere else. And now they all just live here, but high school, I got to see folks who I could just tell based on interactions have been knowing each other all their lives. So to be able to convene in this legitimate community space at home and watch basketball, high school basketball, if you will, like it was a treat for me, not just to watch Juju get off, but also to see like this is a side of the community in Portland that I've never really gotten to see because one, I'm not from here. And two, my career trajectory, which would usually I would have to go through a pathway of of calling high school sports or covering high school sports to get to college and to get to professionals. I've never had to do that. So but I'm I'm like now like. Oh, I gotta get tapped back in with high school right. sports now. Like I got, I'm playing backwards dope, now. You dope. know what I'm saying? It was super dope. Straight up, because super dope. dope. And that, and that's the big deal. It's like it's, it, you know, it's it feels like it's been working. I, I personally, I had the misfortune of going to Forest Grove High School. And if you know anything about Forest Grove High School, it's not basketball because there yeah. ain't nothing good going on basketball wise uh, right. at that school. Right. It, come see our choir though. All right, check yeah, me yeah, out. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but yeah. Uh, but uh, it's it's been a community that's grown and gotten really tight up. You know, what I'm saying really tight knit. And and like I said, the guys came into that gym going like, ah, no way, and like yeah. there's no way it's gonna be. But also, also, bro, the whistles, the whistles favored the home team. On, in yeah. a major way. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Just yeah. Like yeah. You, you, Duncanville, you can win that game. They're still ranked number one, I think. They're still ranked number one. Because like, they should. West Lynn is ranked now, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I've be. seen as like two different be. rankings. One of them, they were 16. The other one, they were 17. You know yeah. how and, all these different rankings and I'm gonna systems tell you, work. And, and I'm going to tell you, man, like that. It's never just one. <laughs> I, I, to me, it's a good sign. And, and, and it's a good thing because that's a no nonsense type of. of basketball in a in a because it's school you're a child right so there's a lot more stricture and when that to me is like really galvanized at the bottom in the way that it is the whole community can start to sort of project that into all of these other stages of the sport and find like continuity and greatness all the way up to yeah because Portland and Oregon, it is a basketball place. Yeah, it is. It's just unfortunate that 
y'all always get compared to Seattle, yeah. which is like, which is a a, a low key basketball uh, mecca. Yeah, in exactly, a way. exactly. And, and and I've learned that as well, at least at the collegiate level, especially because you know you still are going to have your sprinkle of local guys that play at whatever that was a local strong. college. I said mecca. That's what, a what, I mean, it's 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 one of them cities. <laughs> but though. it is. It's though. one of them it basketball cities. Like yeah. it is. It's up there. It's. Uh-huh. A, I would say it's the top five basketball city in the United States of America. Uh, I would say top five based on like how many pros they produce, the culture that's been basketball. If it's, if it's top five, it's, it's five up there. Yeah, for sure. I ain't calling it top. I ain't saying it's one, it's two, five. or three. I would just if I hey, if I would have thought it was top three, I'd have called it number three. You know what I'm saying? But I but I, but my point is my yeah. point is when it comes to the Pacific Northwest in particular, Seattle always kind of overshadows Portland, and but Portland. Portland has it and when bro, it comes to the game of basketball. And, I've gotten to learn that much living here that Portland produces some dogs. And on the as hoop far floor. and as far as this Oregon basketball person is concerned, it's not even close to enough of the respect that like I'm tr- that I think everybody is trying to gun for. Like yeah. because it's still yeah. like ah whatever. Yeah, I guarantee sure. you, every one of those cats walked out of that gym after getting spanked in front of a bunch of soggy Oregonians. Yeah. And still yeah. we're like, yeah, whatever. And it's like, all right then. All right. See you next time. <laughs> see you next time. Pack it was some own- soggy Oregonians hey, in that hey, building. Oh, <laughs> it was musty Malone in there, brother. I had to rainy, bounce. wet, every dog. Oh, yeah, bounce, bro. I was like, dude, no, because that y'all was packed in there like sardines <laughs> in like, oil. And look, I was about to say like almost. The only thing that I'm kind of glad about having not been able to see, obviously, what Westland did in that tournament. Again, shout out to them, local high school team killing it. And we don't even yeah. color high, we don't even cover high school sports. And a lot of the reasons we is just, for what yeah. I just explained. I ain't never covered high school sports right, before. Right. So this ain't the podcast that you're particularly gonna get that from. But at the same time, now that I had that experience, that high school community experience here in this market, I know what it was in California growing up there. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I was That's in it. Big time. You know what I mean? And now a lot of the the people that I was in it with are now the coaches and now the AAU directors and now all of that back home as well. So I'm still a little bit more tapped into that. You know what I'm saying? But Let's I'm just realistic. But though. I'm just not there to be able to attend the games because I don't live there Let's, no more. But I mean, I see it in my algorithms. But Portland, it's like it's the I don't get to way, see but. it. But I'm kind of excited. I'm actually kind of more excited that my first time I'm a try for my first time to be able to see that team play is at the Westland gym. I want to see a home game for them now. Sure. Because the hype is obviously is all the way there nice, now dude. after them beating Les Schwab. I want to see what a home game Get feel like is for them. Lipstick, dude. Yeah, I, 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 ain't like <laughs> I ain't tripping. Hairspray. I ain't tripping. I ain't even tripping. But but I do want to go see. <laughs> I do, do want to go watch a game at Westland High School West now, Lynn. yo. I know you <laughs> know where that, that is. is. <laughs> Talk about it. <laughs> if you know you know hey. if you don't you don't hey. but at the same time yeah i do want to see him play at sure home because now i want to see bro. that <laughs> be there in a jiffy <laughs> but, all right. All right. but yeah i want to see him play at, at westland high school i uh i want to see that and again yeah i want to just get tapped into high school sports out here yeah. now man like totally. again 
just my unique career trajectory has kind of kept me away from high school sports since I've been here in this let's market. Let's commit to and, that, bro. First and episode. I, I want to get, back get it to in, it. man. Let's get some high schools. I'm not committing bro. to it. I'm not gonna go that far. <laughs> I ain't commit. I got too much going on to commit to I mean, something I mean, that's I mean, not paying. I mean, commit to the resolution. Listen, the what I'm telling you. The resolution. I'm gonna man. try. On, I'm man. not committing to it, but I'm gonna try. So I'm terrible. gonna make an attempt, be, just for my own pure enjoyment, sure. to get involved See, with the high school sports community. And I'm, glad, and I'm glad you're saying that, bro, because that's. I'm gonna bookmark that. I'm gonna yeah, dog you for my own right enjoyment for later on. Because in, uh, because, because if, on because the, if it's podcast, a matter of bro. me getting paid for later and on me going to a high school game just to say I went to a high school Don't game, that. that's the reason you got tickets to the Les Schwab Invitational because I had to go DJ that night and I'm not going to Les Schwab over going to make some money. So I'm not committing to it. I'm committed to the money. But if I can make it, I, I, I'll, I'll do my best to try. Right. <laughs> I'll do my best to try. So you heard it here first, <laughs> folks. He's on the fence. I want to shout out Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant <laughs> and the Brooklyn Nets. God, man. And what it is they're doing. I'm what shouting a, them out. What a pivot, bro. <laughs> we here, baby. I mean, you know. Yeah, they're the here. best team in the league so far. They're playing uh, good I mean, basketball. I mean, lately. I mean, like, obviously, lately. the only reason I want to do it, we know how lately. good. We know how the potential of how good they could be just based on the names on that the roster. The on-paper chance. The on-paper <laughs> chance. We always knew that existed. Yeah. But. They're really doing it. Their on-paper chances haven't quite matched the production since they've been on paper together. And to this 12-game win streak. And on. yeah, but now they're playing really good basketball. And I don't want to be the podcast because obviously I was a bit critical of Kyrie in of these the, past since the he's been in that. The the, yeah, for sure. But what I'm saying is I, I never was against Kyrie Irving as an individual or against his success. And I think a lot of people used Kyrie to match whatever their side was. Yeah. So it either became you wanted to him to be extremely successful because you actually agreed with whatever his stance was in particular situations that he's earned himself into, quite frankly, or you were totally against Kyrie because of what his stance was and you didn't want to see him be successful. I was never one of those dudes, but I was critical of Kyrie. If I disagree with him, I disagree with him. It is what it is. I'll stand on that. But I never was against him, Kyrie Irving, the person or the basketball player. I was just against some of the things that he did. So I just – I don't even want to talk about it for long. I just want to acknowledge the fact that he's successful. He's having a successful basketball stint. Last year on this podcast, when they got swept by the Boston Celtics, I talked about it right here. I said, basketball just didn't seem to be his first priority. And it showed in the results – Right now, it seems that basketball is his first priority. Yeah, I know he tweeted a link, but tweeting a link, whether right or wrong, ain't enough for me to say the man ain't committed to the game. Right now, he looks absolutely committed to the game, and it's panning he's out. to breaking hearts. It's panning out. Right now, he's breaking Shout out to hearts. him for it. It's panning out. So, yeah. again, I don't want to be there for long, but, you know, kudos to him and, and Katie. Everybody's been hooping this year, though. It's seriously it's crazy, one of yo. the best scoring years What is it, like I've 14, four, 14, 50-plus point performances already That's this absurd. season? That's absurd. That's crazy. The, there's no doubt in my mind that this is this year will shatter the what I don't know what the record is. I don't even have to look it up because I promise you in six weeks – it's gonna ESPN be cooked. graphic is gonna be like check yeah. this shit out. Right, right. <laughs> it's yeah. insane. It's, it's bro. crazy the basketball we're seeing. 
Yeah. It's crazy the basketball yeah. we're seeing right now. So I love it though. I love the parody. You know, I love, you know, I I, I and I just love the parody in basketball all the way across. I mean, we obviously talked about West Lynn and what they were able to do to these top 25 ranked teams. You know, there there's parody in college basketball. I talk about that often. And now we're seeing the parody in the NBA. I love the fact that as the game continues to grow, the parody grows with it. Because obviously it was a game, it was a game that was American based, and so whoever that was the best in America was going to be the best basketball players in the world. You know what I'm saying? Which because is still, in which is some ways true. In some ways, it is true, but you can combat that by saying the best basketball players that are playing in America. Look, are not from America. This is this you is, can say that the majority yeah, of them, the look, bigger those, pool of them those, are. But if you're talking about the absolute best, like yeah. you could say Giannis, you could say Luca, you could say Joker. Hey, you know what I'm saying? Until like, until you tell me that in the top five basketball cities in the world, there's places in like Serbia or Croatia or something. Then I'm not buying that narrative. I don't know because, because I don't this, watch because it is still American basketball, and that's what I nah, watch. But we no, I'm saying. I'm, but I I'm, hear you. What I'm saying is though is like you, you're you're we're the best basketball. If you ask me, is America the best basketball country? Absolutely, I'm Absolutely. saying that. But what I'm saying is Americans ain't particularly the best basketball players in right. their in their own country right that now, they're playing right in. now in a small sliver of time when regularly we've absolutely thwapped every team for we've sure, ever seen. For sure, but can we acknowledge the evolution, sir? No, for sure. <laughs> I'm down with acknowledging the evolution. Yeah. But like I said, like it's it's a it's the culture, man. Like those guys are outliers. Nikola Jokic is seven feet tall and just was obsessed with the game of basketball no matter what. He was like, this is I'm not gonna I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna way, I, I think if you watch or, or, how or if was, you watch the NBA draft coming that sportsman. goes against or outliers being, for being the NBA. A sportsman being a sportsman because a lot of these guys, they have a lot of passions, a lot of irons, and a lot of fires in terms of, of the different sports that they play. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you're a super athlete, and that's just what you are, like, you can't change that. Like, he, Jokic loves to ride those horses around. Yeah, <laughs> but what, what I'm, I'm saying? saying is... I bet you if you asked him straight up, hey, I'd give you the same amount of money now to play basketball, or you could just sit and ride horses all but day. But we've also like, looked like horses. the super athletes, and we still are in basketball in particular horses. I'm speaking to. In basketball in particular, like... Yeah, we've had the super athletes. That ain't the culture of basketball. <laughs> we've had the though. super athletes. No, I know, but I'm saying like that's not the that's not an embodiment of the culture of basketball. The culture of basketball is like every time you've seen that kid since he was six years old and through high school, he's pounding a rock, walking up and down the street from school in his slides. Yeah. That's the culture of basketball. For it's sure. like he's not here because there's swaths of people that are not here because they're in the gym getting up 400 shots from the corner three. Like, that's a culture of basketball that... So what's your point? I was just saying that, yeah. like, you were saying that, like, all oh, the best basketball players in the world are, are European, and I'm like, no, they're not. No, 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 no. The best... America is not the best close. basketball country. We know that. You just look at the, the Olympics. Well, you people are saying that you don't the European look too far. game... What I'm saying is, I'm not even... No, 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 no. I'm not there. What I'm right. saying is, there are some Europeans that's looking like the best basketball players in the best basketball league in the country, in the world. 
which happens to be the NBA. And I think the draft reflects that because we're now seeing a lot more people from overseas that are getting drafted almost at a higher rate than Americans are getting drafted into the NBA. Whether they'll be successful or not is a whole other thing. But what I'm saying is the evolution is happening. And as the game continues to grow, the parity in it is growing as well. Do I think America is still at the top of the basketball food chain? Absolutely. But... Hey, the, the the tide is turning a little bit. Like, it is some really good basketball coming from all over the world that are intruding the NBA and dropping 50 like it's nothing. Hey. <laughs> like, it's, hey. like it's nothing. Luka Doncic. Has <laughs> Giannis, Joker, Lu- I mean, like it's nothing. I mean, all of those guys that you uh, – uh, even uh, – Shea Gilders Alexander. Like it's nothing. <laughs> he's not he's not American. Like it's nothing. <laughs> but I mean, dang. Yeah, it's like I said, it's the best I've ever seen. And I, I'm so fired up about basketball. I'm just so locked into basketball mode right now. Bla- I'm recording this on Thursday. Blazers lost this night to Minnesota in a clunker. I mean, just, it, 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 even Dame. You look at Dame, you're like, oh, this guy's having an unbelievable season by his standards. Yeah. And he's coming back from injuries and the like. And he won't even make an all-NBA team at this rate if because dudes are just – Everyone and their mom is giving you 30 a night. Everyone and their mom and is now, giving you 30 now, a night. And now, now, twice a week, someone's going to put 50 plus on your head. So be prepared for that. And I'm just riding with my dog. You know, I just fired up about basketball. What's my point? It's a podcast. We ain't got to have no point. My point is, <laughs> I love you. just talking in circle. I don't know where you're headed with this, brother. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Tune in basketball. I'm just I just saying. love the parody in the sport at all levels. And it seems like it's happening top to bottom, even within the American sphere and beyond. The parody is there. Again, I, we saw it in high school, I've seen it in college. I, I talked to Rob Palinka about it in the NBA. <laughs> I, talked to, I sat next to Rob Palinka at the PK80 and talked to him about it, and he said the same about the NBA. I just love as as the game. It seems as if as the game continues to grow, the parity is growing with it. Yes, America has been leaps and bounds ahead of the rest of the world in the sport of basketball, and there's still a long way to go for that to change. But we yeah. are seeing plenty of models and examples of – European and overseas players coming to the United States of America and dominating, quite frankly. And, and we're seeing a lot of that. <laughs> they're, they're dominating. Yeah, over you know here. what's crazy? It's like Len Bias legitimately died on a basketball court. And I bet you if that happened on a basketball court today, they'd play. I mean, like, I mean, they, no, no, they wouldn't even play the game. They wouldn't, but if it happened on an no, NBA on an NBA court, or yeah, you just saying? But I'm saying like if it happened, just like it happened with with bias, it's like nobody would be coming at the NBA like, yo, you guys need to, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I don't think they would, man. I, I think if the they game, kept playing, you saying? No, I'm or, saying that like if somebody, I'm if somebody died again right. on TV in a playing in a sport, mm. I don't think that the NBA would get come at. No, at all. Really? No, because no, because it's not a violence. It's not considered violent. But I mean, you've seen some violent, catastrophic injuries. Yeah, yeah for sure. But it, but the game is not going to the extent where people consider it violent. Like when you think of the sport of basketball, you don't think of it as a violent sport. Football and 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 I and mean, what I mean by violence is a lot of that. I think more so has to do with head trauma. 
in Yo, particular. Well, football that, has so much head trauma that I think that's the reason football gets considered so yeah. violent in comparison to basketball, where, yeah, you'll have freak accident happen, a- accidents happen. Yes, yeah, a contact well, sport, when, uh, but you're not seeing head. Like, like if you – like. A leg check and don't and a dome shot. When it comes to the violence of those, it's a difference. If I leg check you, yeah, it's violent, but it ain't as violent as if I dome check you to get you out of here. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, it just is what it is. So, so the fact that football is a sport, I mean, CTE, all the things that has so much head trauma, it directly connects to when anything else happens to any part of the body, whether it be cardiac arrest, whether it be leg, whatever kind of injury takes place, it's always going to be more connected to violence than basketball, where usually you just might have some lower extremity injuries. Other things happen, of course, but the, the greatest injuries that we hear about from basketball is ACLs and Achilles. From football, we're talking about CTE now. That's what I'm getting at. All right. Football is considered a violent sport. So, yes, a, a cardiac arrest happening on a football field is going to be looked deeper into than a cardiac, especially because of the contact that took place. Again, what nothing foul about it, but it's going to be looked at different than a cardiac arrest because people ha- go into cardiac arrest all the time, regardless of where they're at. Like, that happens. You know I what know, I'm dude. But you it's going to be looked at different. It's, the, like... it's a difference in the violence of the sports, <laughs> and at least in, from a perception standpoint. Yeah, you were talking about that earlier, and you were like, yeah, man. I mean, the NFL, it's such a safe place for that to happen because there's so many dogs. He's like, a lot of people don't have that. I'm like, damn. Yeah. That's hella scary. People die from bro. it every day. I know they you do, know, and it scares you know, me because yeah. I'm like, man, I can have a heart attack. You know, yeah, oh, and there's nobody God. there. And yeah, I know. And again, once that oxygen can't get to that brain it's like it's it's tough it's tough um taking l's what you got i want you to start it off taking l's well you know oh, we, well before that i'm a fantasy football champion yeah, baby yeah, we heard i told y'all i was gonna <laughs> get to that i couldn't even celebrate it monday because of what happened with damar hamlin yeah i didn't even care that i won a fantasy championship but for the first time ever shout out to my league cats billiards league my name will be ingrained in the trophy. And we got a big ad, like we got a legit trophy. We take that league really serious. Yeah, it's fine. And I'm a I'm the 2022 champion, baby. Got my got my money in the I got my money through Zelle yesterday, baby. And they, and they gotta put me on the trophy. They gotta put my name on the trophy. Yeah. I just wanted to shout that, that out. I, I, that sucks. I, my I, my first year ever doing fantasy, I took sixth. So yeah. I got I, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a but champion. But hey, man, that's where I'm I heard a, it. Yeah, good, yeah, that's I'm great. A champion, yo. It, t- it takes time, man, to, to get to the top, man. It took me a little time, man. You, you got to go through well, your suit, uh, yeah, man. man. All of this is just go connected. through your journey, man. All of this is just <laughs> taking nails. All of this is connected like <laughs> tissue. My, my taking nails, man. I'm, I'm sending a, a shot down range to uh, a one Mister Draymond Green. Okay, and I'm going to tell you exactly why. Talk to okay? me. This guy goes on there talking about new media versus old media. You go for it all the time. Yes, he does, and. He barely has a journalistic pot to piss in, whilst simultaneously to, today on his podcast starts taking pot shots without even mentioning Skip Bayless by name. About like oh his podcast dropped today yeah yeah I didn't watch it I knew it was coming back I, I <laughs> saw the announcement that the that, Draymond yeah. Green show is back I was waiting for it to Bro. come back when he punched on Jordan Poole but I digress oh, yeah he was like contractual <laughs> obligations I can't release that how fooey 
Seri- no, seriously, bro. No, look at here. No, look at. No, look at. This is yeah. what it is. Because he's go- he gets up there and he's t- and he goes, oh, the Skip Bayless thing, blah blah. And it's like, yeah, we whatever. Not really v- riveting content as far as I'm concerned. Got we it. talked about talking about it today and barely even talked about it. Yeah. But it's like here, this dude goes talking about new media versus old media all the time. He doesn't have a journalistic pot to piss in. He's one of those. I mean, you know basketball, but yeah. At the same time, you can't. I'm not even going to get into the, the, the that part of it, but it's like, yo, your podcast is riddled with ads and inconsistent, and you get up there and you half-ass it all the time, and you're going to try to talk about new media. Like, bro, go write an article or something, yeah, dog. Yeah, do the, something else. Do, you know, like, you know, like the, the one thing that can be said is that the dudes that do the journalism, the journalism thing, like you were talking about, start, they start high school. It yeah. don't matter. Yeah. If you really about if you're really about what you're doing it's and you really care about it, even if you skip a step like you, you go, I want to go back and check that out. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and if you're gonna levy criticisms or levy opinions about a way of doing things or whatever, you don't also simultaneously do all of that. His podcast is is full of ads. It's almost unlistenable. Yeah. To like how many ad- aren't you a multimillionaire on like tens of millions of dollars contract to play a game so, for a living? So are you and you're saying talking you don't about think like he's, go ahead. you're talking about rejecting like old media standards and all this other stuff? Yeah. While you're just over here cash grabbing on people and feeding them the same. You know what I'm saying, bro? And so I'm just like, yo, that shit's tired, bro. You should have <laughs> left that shit back in 2022. Yeah, you should have left it when you... In my opinion, listen, I love the player empowerment piece of players doing podcasts. I'm not hating that he gets a shit ton of ads on his podcast. Kudos to him. I'm happy for him. And I'm somebody who has I mean, listened to his podcast. It doesn't, make the, it doesn't make for a good art form I, if you chalk it up with the, ads. You're each, not doing to, the, to each the their thing own. correctly. That's fair. That's fair. To each their own in that regard. When I'm ultimately saying is is where i have a problem with the podcast coming back and listen maybe for his own personal well-being not speaking about the jordan pool situation on that podcast i understand there's other elements to that as to why he didn't do it like i understand why he didn't do it let me just give him the benefit of of the doubt there i understand why he didn't do it because of what his priorities are. Yeah. But somebody that prioritizes journalism, like myself, doesn't necessarily respect. And this is no shot at Draymond. We know a lot of the same mutual people. From what I know, Draymond is thorough and th- is thorough through and through. I've never heard otherwise about him. I, I got love for Draymond as far as as far as far indirectly. You feel what I'm saying? And obviously just me being a fan of his yeah, game. Yeah, no, I'm a, a fan of all of, of that. Of his but I'm team, talking about, of all of that. I know, I'm, I'm bringing it back. I'm bringing it back here. For me... The first thing I said when the Jordan Poole situation happened and the video gets released, I know you're going to do press. I know you're going to do press. But for me, it wasn't a matter of what he would have said on the podcast. Obviously, I would have been interested in that. But had he even regurgitated every single word that he said in that presser that he did on the podcast, that would have been a little bit more respectable to me, personally. I'm not saying you had to... Go on the podcast and and go super in-depth about what happened because, again, I know, I understand, and I'm aware of the other elements to this thing, being that JP is your teammate, being that you're making far more money as an NBA player than you are as a journalist. I get all of that, and all of that is cool. But the fact that 
you didn't speak on this on your podcast where you and have then you waited the months and months later and I don't know if a, and, and it's not like you weren't releasing content during that time period because I'm watching you throwing bones with E40 and Jamel Hill and Jalen Rose I see right. what you're doing over there at Uninterrupted right. but the podcast what we all wanted to hear you say anything and you could have said anything and nothing it at all matter. at the at same time you got it wouldn't out have, in front with some semblance of control the over fact the that he didn't do that medium the fact that he didn't do that it showed me that gave not, me cause to pause yeah, in regards to like you're not and I've always had cause to pause and every, anybody who listens to this podcast I've never I, if there is there things about the the idea of new media that I like sure have I been on the new media wave absolutely not and reasons like this are a part of that and this is where biases if you will mm. matter and I don't think there's a such thing as biased journalism let me start there or, or as unbiased journalism right, excuse right, me right, 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 right. I don't think there's a such thing as unbiased journalism let me start there but I do think that there's a need for balance and the fact that Draymond's biases are obviously going to be to the fraternity that is the NBA and that is basketball and what it is that he does. I need to hear from other people's mm -hmm. whose biases are to whatever else it may be, whether it be just the, the game at large and just wanting to speak what has actually happened on behalf of the game that maybe a Draymond won't or can't speak about didn't on his podcast. That's for sure. So, I think there's a space. I've always been the person that says there's a space for both. It doesn't have to be new media versus old media because this is a time where new media can get exposed. We had Nick Wright a few weeks ago and he tweeted it and I wondered the same thing. I, Yo, whatever happened to the Draymond Green podcast? Just and now you're on a five-game win streak stupid. and it's not like you haven't been. It's not like he went away from content oh, and he tried at all. Whether he pre-recorded the content during all, however it went, you were releasing content, bro after that situation it's, it's, and during all of that and now all of a sudden you want to bring the podcast it. back just it makes me it. a little just, it gives me cause to pause absolutely. in regards to supporting it honestly look at man if he, if he wants to pump money into you know ESPN or wherever else like whatever whoever's getting caked up from this little you know uh, uh throwaway project that he's doing cool man have your fun but it's like until you just two second intro and then give me an hour of just pure lip, you know, hitting the form and doing podcasts and getting in that time, then I just don't, I'm not taking you seriously as a podcaster. Initially it was <laughs> like, whoa. And I'm not trying to make podcasting out to this thing. I'm yeah, not, yeah, yeah. Because, because I have a lot of problems with it too, but that's whatever. But it's like, if you're going to do it, bro, anything you got to, if you go on and do it, do it good. Bill Withers, do it and do it the right way. Give yeah. me our, don't uh, inject ads in 25 minute episodes. You've only done like however many episodes take breaks, not come in when it's, in, you know what I'm saying? Like it's your duty. If you're going to do that, it's, it's kind of like you're like a journalist and a documentarian at the same time Yeah. for, for the narrative that you want to build for, you know, value that however you want. But it's like, if you're going to say that you do that, then you have to do it correctly. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And he no, just hasn't. I, I, yeah. And he just hasn't. He had so much potential at the top of it, and you're like, whoa, this could be good. And just so far, he just made like, oh, that's the wrong move. Oh, that's the wrong move. Oh, that's the wrong move. And yeah. it's like, what are you doing, bro? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm off of it. Like, again, I was excited for the podcast back then, but I, I was really paying myself and others. I, I, I had people who will remain nameless, and we all had the same sentiments like, he got to say something on the podcast. Like, he has to say something it's on the podcast. Vehicle, bro. And we never 
heard him say it. And again, even if he regurgitated every, because it's not like he didn't say anything. So I want to acknowledge that. But he had to say something. You can't not acknowledge the press because the press is going to acknowledge you and you have an obligation to talk back to them. So you, you can't not acknowledge the press. Like that's a part of your job, your actual job description. But when you start calling yourself media and new media and you're not willing to do to get the answers that we want and that we need because of whatever the reason may be, I'm and especially being that this was in the basketball realm. Hmm. I understood when he said that, you know, personally, this could be taken some type of way by Jordan Poole's people and all that. Like I felt that. But you could have said that twice. You should have. You could have copy carbon that and said that, or even just released that as the episode. Just take the clips <laughs> that you got from the press conference you did. I, mean, I guess that would just make your a episode bit effort, a sure. bit more. Sound, you know what I'm saying? I but it's like I hear it, you. But but I'm just I'm just speaking I for me. But it's like like I understand. Look, look. I, I mean, let's just be real about it. Last year, when when Gary Payton the second got injured, got hacked by Dylan Brooks, like. Yeah, as somebody who actually knows Gary Payton II personally, I felt a little bit more type of a way than the average Joe and kind of still do feel a little bit more type of a type of way about Dylan Brooks right. than maybe everybody else who's past that and who's over that and that's a thing of the past we'll get by. You know what I'm saying? Just because of my love for, for G, because I, I grew up with him. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I felt when Draymond said – you know, what happened and what got out there, like, I want to apologize to Jordan Poole's family and loved ones because they feel that in a different kind of way than just y'all that just are using this for spectacle and entertainment. You know what I'm saying? So I felt and I respected that. But from the journalistic side of the things, from media, the media side of the things, and from the stances that you've taken, the strong, almost in some cases polarizing stances that you've taken – not talking about it on the podcast didn't necessarily rub me the right way, especially because it wasn't personal and it did happen within the realm of basketball. You had basketball practice, bro. It ain't like it was some street stuff that went down that or it was some personal business. familial stuff that went down. Like, I appreciate yeah. you again acknowledging the family and friends, but this happened on the basketball court, bro. So we we going to ask you about it and we want to know about it because we all seen it. We didn't hear it, but we saw it. You know what I'm saying? So... I feel you a bit, but I still got mad respect for Draymond again through and through because of the connections that we have. Similarly, like, dude is nothing but thorough in my eyes, but I'm a journalist at the same Look, time. Man, so it's, it's a new like, year, everybody hey, gets a chance. You know what I'm saying? Better. Like, next one is a the journalist. Best one. I'm going to call that one. Of I'm going to call that one. Absolutely. And, sure. that, and that's why I said I'm taking one down right. I consider it a warning shot, but it's yeah. like, come on, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? For sure. For that, sure. That doesn't look good. Uh, I'm going to give it to Skip. My taking L's is to Skip Bayless, and y'all know why. And here's the thing, man. Skip has his stick. Skip. Skip tweeted some stuff out. I don't even have the tweet up right now, but he basically tweeted about Demar Hamlin. But he 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 weaved into the tweet. How is the NFL? We obviously sat here and talked earlier about before I get to paraphrasing the tweet. We obviously sat here and talked about you know the fact that the game didn't matter essentially no more, and that the game should have been called pretty much immediately after that whole incident went down. Skip goes on Twitter and acknowledges Demar Hamlin, but his tweet seemed to lean more to the side of 
how is the NFL going to call this game? What is this going to look like for the NFL? Blah, 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 blah. Stuff that absolutely didn't matter for reasons that I've alluded to. Black trauma obviously being one of them, but a bunch more. Listen to the earlier segment that we did right here on this very episode. But Skip tweets it out. I never saw Skip's apology. So I can't say because this is Skip's shtick. So when Skip makes that tweet and he sort of desensitizes what DeMar Hamlin had endured because of the NFL and him having a huge care for the schedule and everything beyond DeMar Hamlin, essentially. He never deleted the tweet, but apparently he 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 backtracked a lot and he tried to walk a lot of stuff back and give more clarification about <laughs> his yeah. tweet on the next day, and Shannon Sharp didn't well, show nowhere up. Nowhere to be found. Shannon Sharp didn't show up. So when Shannon Sharp finally did show up, they each do like their opening monologues, and Shannon acknowledged like why he wasn't at the show. And Shannon basically told, like he he made the suggestion that I think Skip should delete the tweet, but I didn't want to come here and debate with Skip about the tweet because I wanted yesterday to be all about Demar Hamlin and what Skip did made it to where the show couldn't have been all about Demar Hamlin because he created so much controversy around this Demar Hamlin thing that he needed to speak to. It became and about him. You know what I'm saying? He it became about him, and I wasn't here for that. And Skip interrupts him, takes offense to that, and is like, "Yo." You know what I'm saying? Like, this is, you know what I mean? Like, I thought we weren't going to talk about that. He, he in particular said, and then he particularly, particularly said, I stand on what I tweeted. Even if you stand on it, bro. You don't say that, dude. Come on, bro. <laughs> you, but look, here's the thing. He, and, and, he, only, come remain, on, he bro. only remains relevant when people are hating on him. And he's saying That's the wrong stick. thing. And that goes back to the shtick. That skip shtick, which is the reason why I didn't give a damn what he had to say but on, on, on air the next morning in regards to an apology, apology or walk back. Because I already know what type of time skip on. It's been clear it's been for a very way. long time. It's long been time. that way. He's made his earning and his living off of it. So it's like knowing that. I don't need to, I don't need your apology. Like I've been knew where you stood, but for you, you can you know you can do numbers off of this, off creating this controversy, and I'm just not gonna be one of the numbers. So I can't even speak to his apology whether it was right or wrong. This, by the way. But I'll tell you this: <laughs> what proved that I didn't I need to that, what proved I that I didn't need to see his apology is the fact that when Shannon finally showed up, he immediately turned back into the Skip Bayless that we all know that has been disrespecting Shannon for the last month. LeBron forever and the list goes on and on and on once that once Shannon's black ass got back in front of Skip he couldn't turn it off like you know what I'm saying like like Shannon's doing his monologue like I do I personally think Skip could you delete the tweet Skip couldn't turn it off like he just it was impossible yeah when you're by yourself you could twist it and turn it and play around with it a little bit but when you got somebody in front of you and who you are is real and authentic he couldn't turn it off, and even in front of Shannon in that moment, which is the exact reason I never wanted to hear an apology from him anyway. That's what you stand on. Stand over there. Don't walk it back, because as soon right. as I get back in front of you stand or I pose as a threat to you, you're going to turn right back into who you really are. And that's exactly what happened. Mm. So I'm glad I wasn't a number for Skip Bayless, and that's why he's taking a nail for me. And he was out of pocket, flat out. He was out of pocket. The only person that won this week was 
Mr. Hamlin. That's pretty much it. He won. He's Shout the out person to him that won this week. Absolutely. <laughs> Shout out to Demar Hamlin, man. We again, we gonna end it on that. We started it on that, and we gonna end it on that. Prayers to you. Well wishes to you and your family. We're glad to hear that you're doing better. We're glad to 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 just know that you're here with us. It's an absolute blessing. And on that note, we're going to leave this podcast the only way that we know how, and that is to stay woke and go win. Happy 2023.